This is called the frame of story. Frame of story. What that means? It's the patterns. It's the sequential patterns and behaviors in telling a story. Hey, this is Blake Sloan. I've been selling real estate over 14 years. Our team of highly trained professionals, along with our unmatched marketing, has sold thousands of homes here in the Myrtle Beach area, and this is how we do it. Not buying into your certainty, because here's the deal. People don't like people who don't have certainty. In relationships, in business, you ever had something you bought or sold and the person just wasn't certain at all and you knew it? I have. And guess what? I didn't really want to work with them. Why? Can't really trust them, right? That's the thing. They can't trust somebody who's not certain. So the more certain you have, the more trust you have, which is super, super important in that scenario overall, right? And here's where I also put my notes to, last thing on that. They're unknowingly fishing for your certainty to test you and your commitment to your product and your word. It's not just your product. Guess what it is? They don't trust you because of that personal, the person before them, before you who let them down or whatever, it could be their father let them down. And they're testing your commitment to your product and most importantly, your word. And so my unshakable certainty must overcome that in that scenario. Questions on that? Last couple ones will be done here, which is important. I want you guys to give one more. This is called the frame of story. Frame of story, what that means? Yes, in a way, it's the patterns it's the sequential patterns and behaviors in telling a story. What do you mean? Sequential patterns and behaviors in telling a story. There's an art to it, right? The better you tell stories, people follow you for your stories. One thing that I, I'm not naturally very good at, I'm very um, linear now in terms of business so, oh, for so long, it just makes you kind of just think about, hey, look, here's the black and white. But you've got to be very, very good at creating a story, right? There's no story that you can tell better than your own. That's why it's important to do. And here, why do you think most people do? Most people, and I'll just give you the problem, most people don't tap into our rich mind that we have. So we think a lot of things that we have are insequential. They're basically not very, very important and not relevant. But ultimately, guess what? You're in real estate all day, every day. You have a lot of stories that you can tell with some more sizzle that are really beautiful and that people will follow you for them. And so I want you guys to get more purposeful and more intentional about taking in your stories and your experiences and how to make that and shine them up and make it art. And the first part of that is being real. And obviously we talk about that's real stories, right? And you're telling your story in a beautiful way. And here's one thing that I think is an important takeaway for any type of business or even relationships or anything is that people want to be involved with you because they are involved in your stories. What your story is and who you are. And from a salesperson standpoint, what do we not talk about a lot? Ourselves and our stories and who where I came from and where I grew up and how I got into real estate and how I learned things in real estate and how I was able to do what I do in real estate, right? We got to get much more intentional about telling what? Our own personal story. Why? It builds two things. Trust, number one, right? And it builds rapport in terms of them feeling connected to you. And so I'm going to say it again from that piece, right? People want to be involved with you because they're involved in your story. What your story is and who you are. And I think a lot of times we're not intentional. We're good at it if we just, most people don't do it. Why don't they do it? They're afraid of what? They're afraid of 
yeah, they'll open themselves up. They feel like it's bragging or they feel like it's not about me. But here's the thing. They want to know you and know about your story. And I want to get good at making sure I tell my story. Why? Because here's, that backs up your certainty. It backs up who you are, where you are, your product, your service, all those things back into who you are and who you become. Where you came from, right? What sports you played, what things you did. I have children, whatever it is, you got to make sure that you're really digging into that so you can really get real about what your story is because they're going to connect you. They're going to they're connect with that. You want to do one thing right here. I want to blow the bridge between personal and professional. Blow the bridge between personal and professional. Now, here's the thing. It's a fine line. I've seen a lot of people screw this up. This guy one time was telling his clients, all kind of crazy going on in his life. And they called up here and were like, man, I just want you to know what this guy's telling us about his life and all these things going on and, you know, his money issues. I'm like, holy cow. You do not ever do that. You want things that's purposeful that they can relate to and be a part of. You guys with me on that? Super important in that scenario. Second piece, initiate. What do you think I'm initiating here? I want to initiate curiosity. Now remember, I'm talking about stories here. Curiosity. Now this is a lot. We're going through four, but I just want to finish this up this week. I want to initiate curiosity. And some people may relate to the first frame. Some people relate to the third one. Everybody's in different places in here, right? What does that mean? If I have a story that initiates curiosity, what does that mean? Exactly right. I want the, to do what I want to have the hook. I need a hook in my story. Why? Their mind wants to do what? Close the loop. And so I want to get very artful in painting my picture so that they can have curiosity to it to want to know what happened to John. And we talked about this in the past, but I think I don't talk about it enough and I forget about it because I like to live in the black and white, right? The yes or no. But a lot of times from an art standpoint, you have to shift your mindset to tell stories in a better way. If you want people to follow you at a much deeper level, you tell much better stories. I told the story where you do this daily fuel for like 800 days in a row, and he would take this dumbass daily thing that happened to him, and he'd turn it into this really cool story and relate it to one of the you know, principles about life. And so we got to be able to do that in our, our world of real estate where I take the simple things that happen and relate that to what makes us good or makes you good and how you can help them what their scenario is. Does that make sense? Your stories must be interesting. No one wants a boring story. And there must be some type of gift in your story. It could be joy, encouragement. Lead them into the mystery. A lot of times it can be a, a joy or encouragement at the end. And that could be what? Clients, examples. People came down, people made a couple hundred thousand in buying two years ago, people have bought multiple properties from you, whatever it may be, right? People who bought their second home and they came in and enjoyed the sunrises after they didn't have the opportunity to for 50 plus years. And enjoy what they do, go to the beach and do those things and make a big difference. John, you got a pretty good story, right? Moving down here and you guys, the way you do things, like you can find ways to make those things very, very powerful for people in that scenario. Third piece, you must have passion. What does that mean, passion? 
Yes, you got to make sure that you get very intentional about passionately telling your story, right? The more passionate about your, you are about your story, the more they want to listen. If I'm not a natural, passionate storyteller, what do I got to do? Find it, right? Up the energy, up the intensity in what it is. And here's the crazy part. I forgot about this part, too. The more passionate you are about your story, the more they, they listen and the more they trust you. Why is that? They can feel the emotion from you, yeah. right? And so the more passionate you are, the more that they trust you, which is crazy because they can tell who's real and who's passionate versus who's pretending. So I'm not naturally passionate. What do I got to do? Make it up. Find it, right? You got to find that energy and find that connection and find the passion. You ever told a story to somebody and start laughing, almost start crying? Like your eyes water up? I've done a few times where you feel the joy and all of a sudden your eyes water up. That means you're telling the story of passion. Right? Find that up. Not, not necessarily just crying, but just a, a good feeling of joy in what it was. So if I don't have these stories, what do I need to do? Take some time to think about it. Our life's so busy with so much noise, we just skip right over them and just minimize them where it really, it can be a good story. Go back and find your top five clients and the best story about your top five clients and what do I do? I craft that elaborate story that has the mystery to it, the curiosity to it, and I craft that. And all you need is two or three really good stories you can tell for different scenarios. Why? Because they want to connect with you through your story. And that was my biggest aha in terms of that is that people want to be involved with you because they're involved in your stories. What your story is and who you are. And so if you take anything from today, get much better at telling your story and your top three client stories. Very, very important in that scenario. Last one here. I must invite. What does that mean, invite? I want to pull them in the story. Here's a, here's a great example of this. I want to put them in the car and have them ride with me in the story. When I'm telling the story, I want to say it in a way that I put them in the car and ride with me. Versus what a lot of people do is they leave them at the bus stop. If I leave them at the bus stop, keep telling my story, guess what? They're not going to hear anything about my story. And so I want to say it in a way that I'm, they're riding along with me. Which means it needs to be very what? Vivid, specific, inviting in terms of I want them to feel like they're with me. And then, somebody may have mentioned this. I want to ask them, ask them if they've ever experienced anything like that before. And my big takeaway from this too is that this is a sales presentation, not a lecture. This is a sales presentation, not a lecture. What does that mean? Yeah, I need them engaged in my story with me. I need them engaged in what's going on. I need them to feel like they're a part of it and they're riding in the car with me as I tell my story. As I help that person buy that property down here and the joy in her face and her grandkids coming to visit her and the grandkids waking up and then watching the sunset together and drinking coffee on the front porch and smelling the coffee, watching the scene come out. All those things are part of that story that are very, very important for them to feel, understand, and visualize. Because the better I tell a story, the more they're going to do what in their head? Visualize it. And guess who helped create that for them? You did. And so all of a sudden now subconsciously you're linked to that joy and to that outcome. And obviously that feels like you can do the same thing for them. That makes sense? One more. Am I overdoing it for you guys? You guys taking this? Some people may feel more. Some people not. We still got a little time on this. This is important. 
for that. Two more. Frame of words. What do you think frame of words means? Frame of words. In, in your storytelling, right? This is linked together. In your storytelling, right? In order to pursue someone, persuade someone, right? You must have selective keywords that you're constantly repeating. I'll say it again. If you're looking to persuade someone, you must have selective keywords that you are constantly repeating. All the way down, right? Very important. So the first part, obviously, I make sure I use words that are very persuasive. What could those be like? Unfair advantage. Right? Unfair advantage. Expert. Expert, expert. There's reasons in your presentation about 40 times. Because you want to layer in that, that value and that you're the expert in that scenario, right? And a lot of times in, 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 uh, you know, in different industries, you can say different things which really matter in terms of that, right? Like warrior, it's pain and possibility and all these things. So you want to get very good at talking about that. And those select words you're using in terms of what you use with your clients. What's some of the words you guys could use a lot with your clients? I think pain's a very good one. The experience, right? Here's what the experience was there. Here's what their experience was prior. Here's their experience was after. Very important to make sure that I'm putting persuasive words that I use repeatedly in my presentations. Why is it important to have it repeatedly? It's a form of an anchor. Look at subconscious in this thing called NLP, uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming. There's terms of anchors. So if I say a word a certain amount of times in their brain, Guess what? All of a sudden it's anchored in there and they associate me or whatever it is with that word. Deep level psychology. Anybody need this? It says persuasive. Persuasive. Second word here. This is a good one to get used. It's because. I think it's a good one. I want you guys to get very good at using the word because over and over and over. It's the way you lead them. It's the way you lead them, right? You are doing this because. I'm doing this because. You are here today because. You're moving down here because. I'm going to help guide you to X, Y, Z because. Make sure you're using that word a lot. It's a word of leadership that you can help to do what, like help them understand why they're doing what they're doing, but you can control that frame of leading them where you want to go. The reason we're sitting down together today is because it's very similar to that I'm going to have you consider frame. So where can you add the word because more in your presentation, which is important? Right? It's a key word that anchors that word to them of why they're doing what they're doing. And I can go back and repeat what? You guys are moving down here because you want to settle down, move from North Carolina, whatever your scenario is. And if I take my notes the right way and have it very good in my, in my CRM or my account, whatever it is I'm using, uh, I can take that and anchor and go back and say, if you go back to when you first met, talked about that the main reason it was important for you guys to move is because X, Y, Z. I know you mentioned that rates went up a little bit, but let's go back to the main reason that you're looking to buy here is because you want to have a place you can open up the, the, the back blinds and the, the, the back door and watch the sunrise every morning. Whatever it is. I need to be able to link them and take them back through the word because. That makes sense, you guys? Very, very important to do. Third piece here. This is a little tough one for us, a little way, but you want to use the words that are controversial sometimes. Controversial. 
In other industries, it could be words like certain cuss words or some that, but in this case, obviously, very professional type words. I want words that trigger thoughts. I want to talk about the unexpected situation. The reason is they don't trust the expected situation. What does that mean? They don't trust the expected situation. They don't want the normal stiff person, right? They want somebody who can really have a cutting edge, who has some cutting edge things. And so uh, be careful. There's some people I, I, I did. I was almost not wanting to put this one in here because some people may go too far and say they shouldn't say. But in cases you have great or poor, you want to use these type of words that wake them up, that show them a different way of looking at things, which is very, very important. Why? Because they've been screwed too many times prior by the person that's a sieve that looks and acts the same. I like to look at this as differentiate. Does that make sense? Something's not necessarily the norm. It can be, and here's the thing, don't, you don't want too many big words either. Right? People, you want it simple. Why is that? I may have another one about this in a minute, I think, but um, you don't want too many complicated words. You want clear, concise words. But if I'm trying to use big words, and I'm not really that, that sometimes people understand it. Right? They talk about a president. A lot of times, once get the most people, they can talk to people at like a fifth grade level. Why? Because if I talk at a fifth grade level, I get everyone from fifth grade up. If I talk at a 12th grade level, I don't get anybody 12 or below 12. On simple, that's not complex. I want simple, that's not complex. Because the more complex I make it, the less they understand it and the less they believe me. Very, very important for that piece. And obviously, the last one is most important. It kind of goes without saying, but I want to make sure that they know that I speak the truth. Why is it in there, you think? We talk about this a lot, but why do you think that's in there? The number one word in your vocabulary must be truth. And you must use words that back up your truth within one word. Those are words that bring certainty, but most importantly, goes back to, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And you must frame that in the beginning. Because it gives you permission to talk to them directly, and they'll trust you with that in the more, in the in, on the back end. And what NLP is, is the way that your mind calculates words. I did a lot of studying on that, teach a big thing on that. I went through a course of his, but it's called NLP because your mind calculates words. So I want you to be very purposeful about the words you use and understand and think through how does the people calculate the words I'm saying as I'm articulating them through that process in a presentation, right? Or the phone or decision making. That's why it's important to stay on the script in those parts, which make a big difference.